We are glad you could join us today for the Concepts of Faith broadcast. This program is dedicated to teach you how to put the Word of God to work so that it will make a positive difference in the everyday circumstances of your life. And now, here's Charles Caps. Dominion. Let's talk about dominion a little bit. God gave Adam dominion in the garden. He said, have dominion over the earth and subdue it. Now, this is exactly how God intended for Adam to do it, is having the authority and exercising dominion. Now, God told him to subdue the earth. That means if it gets out of line, you put it back in line. Don't call me and ask me what to do about it. You do it, and I'll call you and find out what you did. <laughs> now, that's my translation of it, First Caps 4.17. The church today stands in a position that is parallel to what Adam stood in in the beginning, in that God has given us authority in this earth to have dominion over the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, to bind and cast down spiritual wickedness in high places, and to deliver people from the destruction of the enemy. But you see, if we don't grasp the truths of the Word of God, then we'll just stand do like Adam did, turn our authority over the devil and allow the devil to run over us roughshod. But thank God we don't have to do that. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, outlines the role of the church. And it says, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Now, did you get what he said there? To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Now, that's talking about above the earth. That's not talking about up in heaven itself where God is. It's talking about the same principalities and powers here that he's talking about in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, when Paul says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. So the role of the church is that we might make known the manifold wisdom of God. Make it known to who? Make it known to the devil. The devil's not as smart as he thought he was. We'll teach the devil how we operate in the wisdom of God. Now, he'll never be able to operate in it because he's a dead spirit. He doesn't have the spirit life in him. Doesn't mean he doesn't exist. That means he is spiritually dead. He has no revelation knowledge, no insight. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.21 We are the righteousness of God in Christ. Like a story I heard one time, sometimes many Christians are that way. This man whose charismatic friend came to visit him. He was in the hospital, and his charismatic friend says, John said, what are you doing in the bed? What are you doing there? Why, I said, you get up from there and rebuke the devil and command him to get this stuff off of you. The old boy looked around at him and said, Hey, man, he said, I'm in no position now to antagonize anyone, especially the devil. <laughs> so I think that's the way we've been a lot of the time. We don't want to antagonize anybody, especially the devil. Well, sometimes when you're in that kind of position, you don't want to. You need a friend to help you then. But let's remember that we have authority over the principalities and powers. God has given us authority. The Bible says that he's raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Paul said in Romans, the eighth chapter, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And another place there, he made this statement. Let me read this to you. For thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as cheap for the slaughter. Now, most people stop right there. And they'll say, yeah, this is what the apostle Paul said. Well, see, he's quoting an Old Testament scripture that was referring to Jesus, was led as a sheep to the slaughter. But now when Paul said that, he is saying the negative to try to accentuate what he's saying here about the positive. But when he gets through saying that, he says, nay, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, you're not going to be more than a conqueror if you're just going to bow down to the devil every time he comes along. In your prayer life, when you pray and believe God for something, and the devil is like the unjust judge, he doesn't regard men, nor God, nor your prayer, and he comes immediately to steal the word, and things get worse. Now, if you're just going to bow down under that and say, well, I suppose it's the will of God, it wouldn't have happened, and, you know, just allow it to come, then that's what you'll get. But you see, you release the ability of God in you by speaking God's word, by proclaiming, thank God I'm more than a conqueror. I'm well able to overcome this because Jesus, the greater one, dwells inside me. See, it's not the fact that I'm so big within myself or you so big within yourself. Paul said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. No, it's not our might at all that we're talking about. We're talking about the power of his might. Then you hear people saying, you know, because we teach we're the righteousness of God, there's a multitude of people out there, and there's some of you, that you don't understand that you're the righteousness of God, that you've been born again, that you're a child of God. You're actually a citizen of the kingdom of God right now. You have eternal life. You're not going to get eternal life someday. You have it now if you're born again. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to die. You'll die physically if Jesus tarries long enough. But you see, sometimes people say, well, now, that couldn't be true, see. And I've heard of a certain church that wouldn't allow a certain fellow's music to be played in their church because that he had a song out and said, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. <laughs> One of the greatest songs I ever heard, man. I mean, turns me on somewhat. But you see, because they're religious-minded, they just barred it from the church. They wouldn't allow it to be played in their church services, before the service, you know. Because they said, there's none righteous, no, not one. Well, now, you see, it does say that in the Bible. In fact, I won't read that to you. I think it'd be good if you understand where some of this stuff comes from. Go to Romans, the third chapter. Paul is writing here to the Roman church in verse 10. He says, As it is written, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Well, come on down to verse 19, and he gives you the key to everything he's saying here. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Now, you see what he's saying? He's quoting an Old Testament scripture here. In the 10th verse here, that comes from the Old Testament. There is none righteous, no, not one. But you see, he says, now we know. See, after the new covenant's come, now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law. He didn't say that to us. He said to them that were under the law. 
That's what he said to them. But now the righteousness of God, down in verse 21, now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is teaching righteousness here. And I'll tell you, if you don't understand you're the righteousness of God in Christ, then you're probably going to let the devil steal from you and not be able to demand from the devil what is rightfully yours. Now, sometimes people get the idea that we're demanding from God We're just demanding these things from God. No, we're not demanding them of God. We're demanding them of the devil. You have a right to demand the things that the devil has been keeping from you. It's not God stealing from you. It's the devil that's stealing from you. And when you find out that it's not God and it's the devil, then things are going to change around your house. Psalms 107 and verse 2 says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Now, there's some of you that have been redeemed, but you're not saying so. You won't proclaim what the Word said about you. See, Galatians 3.13 said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Jesus was made a curse for us, for cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Well, you go on and read further into the 29th verse. says, If you be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we're all seed of Abraham that are heirs according to the promise. So if God says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, then we ought to say so. Now don't be like, <laughs> I heard some guy had this great revelation that when it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, his revelation was that when the devil comes to you and says, you're going broke, you're supposed to say, so? That's <laughs> uh, some kind of revelation. I think I can do without those kind of revelation. He said, if the devil comes to you and says, you're going to be sick, you're supposed to say, so? <laughs> no, that's not what he's referring to. He's just simply saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say that I am the redeemed of the Lord. And if you begin to say that, it'll become a reality in your life. You know why? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. All right, we've got to get over here into chapter 9. We've got to cover these two chapters and don't have long to do it. Thank you so much for joining us for the Concepts of Faith broadcast today. I trust you've been blessed by the Word of God. Our offer all this week is DVD offer number 7884. It's entitled Intent of the Word. It's a 96-minute DVD video for $20 plus $5 postage and handling, a total of $25. You know, it's important to know what the intent of the Word is. Somebody said, well, you know, the Bible says... Yes, but what did it say that about? Whatever it is, you find out what it was dealing with when it said that. If you take it out of context, you're going to come up with an erroneous doctrine. Now, in this video, we go through the Scripture showing how it's important to learn the intent of the Word. Don't just take things as it seems to be. Study it out. In John chapter 9, 
the disciples were with Jesus, and they said, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, they thought the man was born blind because either he sinned or his parents sinned. And Jesus answering said, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents. Now, you have to judge that on the context of it, because we know the man sinned, we know his parents sinned. But he's saying that's not the cause of him being born blind. So that's the intent of what he said. But that the works of God should be manifest, I must work the works of him that sent me. So he didn't answer their question other than say, neither one of the things you said was right. But he said, I'm going to work the works of God. Now, he spit on the ground, made clay of the spittle, gnawed the man's eyes, and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And when he washed, he came seeing. So here's the intent. Jesus said, neither of your answers was right. Neither the man's sin nor his parents' sin caused him to be born blind. It might have been a birth defect. But he said, I'll work the works of God. And when he worked the works of God, then he could see that proves it was the work of the devil and not the work of God. That's DVD offer number 7884, Intent of the Word. It's a 96-minute DVD video for a total of $25. We have a toll-free order line. 1-877-396-9400. Until tomorrow, this is Charles Capps reminding you that the enemy is defeated, God is exalted, and yes, Jesus is coming soon. To order the product offered today, call 1-877-396-9400 or write Charles Capps, P.O. Box 69, England, Arkansas, 72046. A complete list of CDs, books, and DVDs are available online at charlescaps.com. Through the website, you can listen to this radio program again and subscribe to our podcast. This broadcast is sponsored by Charles Caps Ministries and our listeners in this area.